And a very good afternoon to you all. Let's try that again. Good afternoon to you all. That's better. I'm Tony Miles, Deputy Superintendent Minister here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. And my thanks to my colleague, the Reverend Gordon Newton, for leading us in singing and for our musicians who've been playing. Just before we get into the programme, I just want to do a few safety notices. Uh, we do this over and over and over again, and we think, oh, we'll never need it. We had a fire here recently, and uh, uh, it was up in one of the rooms, and we did have to get out, so I will tell you the fire notices just in case. Um, if you hear an audible signal that says we are investigating an emergency, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry. It means we're investigating an emergency, and it'll probably be fine. Okay, but you might like to know where your bags are, and if you do need assistance with mobility and you are a little bit worried, you can make your way towards the lifts if you're just wanting to make sure you can get there. But if it says, evacuate the building, please do as you're told. <laughs> um, where the exit signs are is where you need to go to, and there will be a way out there. Don't panic, but you just need to leave as quickly as you can, uh, there will be people to help you outside. If you need assistance with mobility, please go to the lifts in the corner. But please only use the lifts if you really need them, because we've got to get a lot of people out in the lifts. And there will be people who will use, because we can only use one of them. Don't use the other lifts, because they won't be working, OK? And we'll take you out onto the green opposite here, just by the QE2 centre, and we'll carry on singing, a bit of open-air witness outside, <laughs> put out the fire say hello to the fire brigade, and then we'll come back in again, okay? So that's what we need to do. Um, so the assembly point's just outside. Uh, please take your coats and bags just with you, but don't delay uh, if you can't find anything, okay? So that's the practical uh, announcements. Now, this is the bit I always dread, but I have to do it, apparently. Uh, anyone from Bedfordshire? Yeah. Berkshire? Yeah. Buckinghamshire? Cambridgeshire. <laughs> <That they're laughs> you might know we're a little down in numbers today because we did have some people cancel their coaches because they were a bit worried about the weather and they had to make a decision. So it's not the daffodil days out of favour, it's just that we've had a few cancellations. They'll be back next year and you'll bring your friends as well, so that won't be a problem. Cornwall. Yes. <laughs> Devon. Oh, that's another one to note. Dorset. Essex. Yeah. Oh, I thought there might be. Um, <laughs> actually, I think there's some come all the way from Colchester. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's pretty impressive, actually, coming out. And over this way as well. That's good. Uh, Gloucestershire. Hampshire. And the Isle of Wight. There we go. <laughs> well done. Hertfordshire. Yeah. Kent, including Dover. Apparently, they don't know where they are, so you'll have to understand. <laughs> Lancashire, Leicestershire, Lincolnshire. Oh, well done. These are some of the coaches that have been cancelled, I think. Clanded, no. Ah, City of London and the London Boroughs. Merseyside. Oh, well done. Fantastic. Middlesex. Norfolk. Northampton, North Wales, 
<laughs> well done. Oxfordshire, Somerset, South Wales. It's all the further ones, isn't it? Suffolk, Surrey, <laughs> Sussex, Warwickshire, Wiltshire, Yorkshire. <laughs> uh, anyone who doesn't really know where they come from but they listen to Premier Christian Radio? <laughs> Anywhere else? Windsor? <laughs> okay, well, that's a special place, so we've got to give that a mention. Any other counties that I've missed out? Sorry? Kent. There we are. I think we've got everybody. I think I've done quite well there, so there we are. Now, just a few notices I need to put in. Uh, don't forget we have a healing training day. It's a healing conference on Saturday the 12th of May. Uh, please spread the word. It's a big conference. It's really well attended. Uh, registration fees £5. Um, I would like to thank uh, many of the people who have gone into making this day a success. <laughs> because uh, a lot of hard work goes into today. Uh, my ministerial colleagues, uh, Gordon and Peter and Martin, uh, the church office team, uh, Kath and Ollie, thank you very much. Uh, we'll cheer at the end, otherwise it'll take forever. <laughs> Ruth Watkins, who's done all the corsages and buttonholes, Joan and Omateo, and all the stewards team who give us their time to help us in and out. Thank you to all of you. Uh, Anne Masson, our events manager, SBS Security for looking after us and making sure we're safe, our portering and cleaning team who have to clean up after you, uh, after you've gone, so thanks to them. White light for the sound. We haven't had complaints that people can't hear for a long time. Let's, let's give them a special round of applause. Uh, for Dan, Forshaw, Wes Gibbs, Kath, who are doing our PowerPoint and uh, helping us out in other ways. Our signers, for the first time, we've got with us today Esther Rose Thomas and Shawnette. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming and being with us today. Uh, Paul and Frank, who've been running the bookstore with their team. Methodist Women in Britain, presidents, secretaries and others who are here. So uh, we thanks to them. Our chair of the London district, His Grace... <laughs> the Reverend Dr. Jongi Kaya Zile, who's here for the first time, I think. So that's great to have him here. Uh, all our volunteers, uh, let's just give them all a nice big round of applause. I'd like to thank our musicians for this afternoon. Uh, Junior Isnali, who's on the trumpet. Uh, we've got Tim Baldwin on the drums. Dan Forshaw on the, the sax. Andrew Furness, who's our assistant director of music, who's on the organ. Gerard Brooks, our director of music. And we have the Lord Mayor of Westminster, Councillor Ian Adams and his consort, Mr Christopher Colosimo, who are here. Thank you very much. Past president of conference... Uh, a friend of Daffodil Day, the Reverend Steve Wilde, who got up at five o'clock this morning to be here. Sandra Goodwin, who is the president of Methodist Women in Britain. Where's Sandra? Yes. Our soloist, Jonathan Vera, and also Shan Smile. 
both here. And uh, I do want to say to my colleague, the Reverend Dr. Martin Atkins, I'm glad he's here. Because <laughs> he wasn't here last year. So uh, we're really good to have, glad to have Martin, who will be preaching later. And also, um, I would like to say a thanks to Angelica Bell, who's our best new friend here at uh, uh, Daffodil Day. Let's give her a round of applause. Now, don't forget, we've got a bookstall, and uh, there are books from uh, many of my colleagues, Martin, Peter, myself, we've got books out there. Um, Jonathan has got a stand with some CDs, and also, I think he's got a book as well. There, two books. Um, also, the theme is Bright Hope for Tomorrow. We've got one by Cardinal Vincent Nichols, uh, Hope, and also 40 Stories of Hope. So if you're wanting to carry some of this forward to your Easter services, don't forget, they're all there on the bookstall. Uh, I think that's mostly the announcements, except the daffodils. Okay, I'll say this every year. Uh, at the end, you are allowed to take a daffodil away if there's somebody who couldn't come this year and you'd like to bring them some cheer and take them a daffodil. But please don't take the uh, things that they're sitting in <laughs> and uh, any other furniture or anything like that. Just the daffodils. And if you could leave the ones on the big stands, that would be really helpful. But please do take some away with you. I'm told Ruth and Peter Watkins, happy 52nd wedding anniversary. Where are you? Today, I believe. And Margaret Hunter. Where's Margaret? Margaret Hunter. She's 80 today. Happy birthday. This is where everybody comes up to me afterwards and says, it was my birthday, you didn't mention me. But those are the ones I heard about. Now, please, will you give a warm Daffodil Day welcome to Angelica Bell, who's joining us today. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Well, it's really good to have you here. Who watches Celebrity MasterChef? Let's just have an indication of those who are fans. Oh, no. What about The One Show? Anybody watch The One Show? Okay. This is more my level. CBBC. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Well, it's great to have you here as a part of our Daffodil Day today. And we know that you were the winner of Celebrity MasterChef. I know. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. It's about, well, actually, we filmed it a year ago at this time, but it didn't go out. I had to keep it a secret for six months. I know. So I didn't even tell anyone I filmed it. So, it, so for six months, I just was, like, quiet and just say, oh, what are you up to at the minute? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> and uh, even when it was announced, I was on it. And people were like, have you already recorded it? No. I felt really bad that I had to lie to people, but I thought it was just easier to do that than have to go through the gamble of saying, I can't tell you who won. <laughs> Now, tell me, whenever I watch these programmes, they sort of hype it up, you know, and you're on the edge of your seat, and they have all this music going on. What's it actually like when you're there and cooking? Is it still a lot of pressure? It's worse. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of pressure. I think what... I mean, obviously, every show is different on television. I've worked on stuff where you know, they might just, you know, play around with the timings a bit, back in, you know, past Ofcom and all that. But now, with MasterChef, it's very much what John and Greg say. If they say you've got an hour to do that, You've got an hour. And in the times that they come and speak to you, say they ask you a few questions, that's included in your time as well. So you don't get that extra time at the end. It's, so it's always better. At first, when I first got in there, I remember the, one of the first shows that I did, I, I literally burnt milk 
I was like, what am I doing? Because I was, I was like, yes, John, uh, uh, pans like this and running around. And then I realised that actually if I just put everything down, talk to them, do what I have to do and go back to it, it's better. Otherwise, you just get in a flap and, you know, burn milk on national TV. Um, so how did you get involved in it? I mean, can you cook? I can- <laughs> It was me, it was me. I did not have a body double. I, basically, my husband, he did MasterChef. We both, my husband and I, we love food, we love eating, we love socialising with people. And he did the show five years before me. And I think I just had my son. So I was with the baby and he was in the kitchen making a mess. And, and I remember thinking, gosh, I'm never doing that programme. It's too stressful. Um, and then five years later, I got a call from the BBC saying, would you do it? Because with the one show, sometimes when Alex is away, I might cover for her. And so whenever I go in, I bring cakes, and I bring food. And so my editor <laughs> talked to the guys and said, I think Angelica is quite good at cooking. You know, why don't we get her involved? And they rang me up and I said, no, 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 I'm not doing that show. I'm not doing it. And plus, because Michael had got to the final. Unless I got to the final, you know, there was no point in me doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so they asked me again. I was like, fine. And then that's how it sort of happened. So what was the winning dish then? So my winning dish was I did a... And what did I do again? <laughs> no, it was um, a camembert and onion tart with a parmesan crisp. Um, and there was like a, a mustard dressing with that. And then my main course was halibut on a bed of new potato, crushed new potatoes with a fennel dressing and some king prawns. And then my dessert was a pear bordeloux, which is like a, a pear, it's like a French pear tart, but I did the whole pear standing up. And what else did I do that with the um, amaretto jelly and amaretto crumb and blah, 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 things like that? If you ever want a minister to come round for dinner sometime, <laughs> I, am, I am up for it. What are, what are your hopes for the future? I mean, you've been the winner of Celebrity MasterChef. What, what are you hoping for the future, personally and career-wise? It's really funny because sometimes I think I've got a great job and I've, I've been able to do some amazing things and meet some amazing people. But at the end of the day, it's always my family. Gosh, it makes me emotional. It's my family that really gives me hope and joy. And, and I think, for me personally, I just want to enjoy every day. And I always say to my husband, I don't care. If, my, if it all goes, if I never get another job in television, I wouldn't care. As long as I have my children and him, I don't even care about the house, that I'm set. I know things have not always been easy, you know, professionally, in your private life, sometimes things can be tough. What do you do when things seem hopeless? I, do you know what, growing up, I used to think there was no hope. I was quite a fearful little girl, and I never thought I would be anything. I I was never the best at anything. Um, So I just was, I used to feel a bit lost, and I sort of like grown to understand that sometimes... You don't have to be the best and you don't have to always have everything. But I think what gives me hope is knowing that there's always a way out. There's always a solution. No matter how bad something is, you can, you can find the light or you can, you can find a solution. And I think that's how I live my life. Nothing's a problem. Um, and at the end of the day, it's the things that really matter. It's the things that you can control that matters. Anything else you can't control, you just got to let it go. 
I know you're involved in a, a local church when you can get there, an yeah. Anglican church. Tell us very briefly about your faith journey. So my faith journey is a really strange one because I don't even know where I stand on faith, but I know how being in a place like this makes me feel. So my grandmother, she was a staunch Catholic, so she would read her Bible. Or, you know, I'd go around there and I'd sit there and she would just read passages. So that's how I sort of learnt passages of scripture, not because I read it necessarily. And then my mum converted to Mormonism. So, and I went to a Catholic primary school. Then all of a sudden I was going to a Mormon church. And then I felt very constrained, I think, because she was quite strict. I just thought, I just don't know where I stand with faith. Am I doing it because of me? Am I doing it because of my mum? You know, does God even like me? And so I stopped going to church completely. And I sort of learnt to stand on my own two feet in my own thinking. And then, but then I think what I've learned as well is that even though I didn't go, because I'd, it's, it, it's been part of me, it, it sort of shaped me, I always knew there was something and then when, it's when I had my children, I thought, no, no, I want to get them baptised. I just want to give them that option. So if I didn't care about religion or faith, then why would I want to do that? So I don't go to church every Sunday, but I believe, I think there has to be something more because this world is so beautiful. There are so many amazing people in the world and people who do good things. So I know I have, there has to be something else. And I just try and live my life with good morals, I try and treat people the way I'd like to be treated, and just be happy, but what I, I really respect people who have faith, I do, because to, to say, just put, you know, to know your colours to the mask and say, this is me and this is what I believe, I think it takes a lot of courage, especially in this day and age, um, and that gives me hope. Angelica Bell, thank you so much for joining us, we'll hear from you a little bit later. Yeah. Now, on the radio, I've got the nickname Tony Smiles, but we've got a Shan Smile here who's going to lead us in our song. So let's stand up, and we're going to sing Shout to the Lord as Shan uh, leads us, and I'll be talking to her a little bit later. <laughs> 